Sahara drums from Kingston to the Nile. Join me, tap, for a show where you can listen to the vibes of Africa blended with music of the Caribbean, where heritage speaks volumes in the form of music, combined with news, views, and opinions, bringing Africa and the Caribbean culture alive every Sunday at 1 p.m. only on Awaz 99.8 FM. FM, FM. See you then. Lou, thank you very much for coming on to the show and a warm welcome to you. Thanks, Tap. It's a pleasure to be here. It really is. Lou, I'm sure the listeners, before we get into the meat of our interview, would like to know who you are, uh, what you represent. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so briefly, uh, my name is Lou Taylor. I've been in Southampton probably for the last 25, 30 years, give or take. I'm an entrepreneur. I've had businesses in the city. I had um, a company called Lowriders Advertising. So we ran ad bikes in the city for a while. I've also had another company called Streetside Media, which was leaflet distribution. We did that on a very wide scale right across, right from, from uh, I always say from Exeter to Eastbourne. That's roughly how we ran. I've been a musician. I was a professional musician for quite some time. So I've had, um, I've had studios in the city. Gosh, I've done all kinds of silly things. Anyway. Yes, I had a, uh, was a professional musician for quite, quite a long time, actually. I, that's, that was what drew me to Southampton. Uh, I played in a venue here a long, long time ago uh, called The Top Rank, which some people may or may not know. Right now, I'm the director of Black History Month South CIC, which is a community and just company, and we, we effectively um, we facilitate events around Black History Month. Uh, and we pop up through the year, and we, have, we facilitate events during... October. So we have uh, we, we have presence through the year, but October is a big one. Um, I'm also a non-executive director at uh, a housing association called Abri, and the same for Hampshire Constabulary. So um, yeah, keep myself busy. Wow, very diverse. It's 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 really interesting to know that the profile of things you do and you enjoy be very diverse. What actually makes you tick? What are you passionate about, especially in, in the light of a very, very diverse profile of things you do? I'm passionate about people getting the right deal, the best, okay? I'm passionate about inclusivity. Um, and people talk about diversity. Yes, diversity is one thing, but without inclusion, it's pointless. Yes. And I'm about... I really believe that organizations need to look at themselves to see how they're impacting on their community, okay? And, yes. there are and how their policies are impacting on community. That is where I sit. That's what I'm passionate about. Uh, that, that you, can, you can do things on a, on, a, on a local scale, but what I've really wanted, be, wanted to be able to do and I've worked really hard towards is getting into a position where I hope I can have a, a, a seat at the table when the decisions, the big decisions are being made that are going to impact people on a large scale. And it's just making sure that when, you, when those decisions are, are, people having those discussions, you can put forward maybe a point of view they hadn't quite thought about. That's really That's what important. I aim for. That's what I aim for. I'm not there to represent any community. I'm not there to represent 
people in you know I'm not there saying this is this is the right thing for the black community or this is the right thing for um, for the Asian community I can't say that I, 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 I'm there as an individual but as an individual I care about how things land for people I really do uh, from my own personal experience you know I've been up I've been down and I know yes. what it's like being both extremes so when you're sitting with people who are uh, who are maybe making decisions that might impact on I always think of how it's going to impact the the person, the most vulnerable in society. That is where I. That's where I sit. Wow, that's 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 very very valid. It's a very valid point, and also it's a very inspirational and humbling uh, perspective to uh, look at the issues that uh, we experience ourselves in in society. One element I'd like to focus the next part of our interview on is the month of October, and Black History Month, and what it represents to the society uh, we are in today, and more to the point, uh, what are your views and your take on Black History Month? So I get asked this fairly frequently because I get challenged on Black History Month, um, I've had challenges, most people, or a lot of people say to me, why is there Black History Month and not White History Month? Why does, uh, why does Black History Month need to exist? Why is it only one month a year? All those things come. Now, right. first and foremost, I believe Black History Month is, is a celebratory time. Okay? It's a time to bring people together. It's, I, I, I look, for me, I look at the things that unite us within Black History because Black history is it's it's everyone's history. It's not exclusive. It doesn't. You can't have. You cannot have black history or black people in history without world history. You the political landscape, everything fits together. Now there has been a tendency within, I think, in the pro probably going back pro going back a few years that black history has started with slavery and ends with Martin Luther King. That's the, that's the the, the thought process to some extent that's what's been pushed there's so much more and that yes. is what I believe black history is all about is about bringing out those stories that say look listen to this this is a fantastic little nugget which brings the whole brings the whole of humanity together and the one I always bring out and I bring this out constantly and it's we all drive and many of us drive in every country Every town, every city, there's something that drives us all crazy. Traffic lights. Yes. Okay? Yes. Traffic lights are everywhere. They were created by a guy called Garrett Morgan. He was an uh, African-American in 1926. He came up with the idea. They're everywhere. But it unites us. It doesn't divide us. It's the That's one right. thing that we all experience. And it doesn't matter which country you go to. They are there. And that's, so that's one of, one of the things that I try to bring out and say, look, this... It, Black History Month is about unity. It's about yes. bringing people together. It's not about divisions. And that's, that's how I see it. Uh, Lou, I, I love this, especially some of the analogies you've given. I've learned something today. So, for example, I didn't even know the, the story behind the traffic lights. Uh, and that is a great analogy in terms of unity and inclusiveness yes. in relation to uh, Black History Month. Now, I would also imagine that you've been very, very active in terms of activities that have been taking place to signify uh, Black History Month. Could you share some of that with the listeners? 
Yes, so this, the pandemic has caused us to go take a lot of things online, which uh, right. is a bit of a shame, really. But so our launch that we, we had this year, which was on the 29th, I believe, of October, we held, we held our launch and it was, it was an online virtual launch, which is a bit of a shame because we normally have it in person. That went really well. Uh, following on from that, we've had a few things in person. There's been um, the unveiling of a plaque at the former West Indian Club, which was in St. Mary's. Right. Um, there's a plaque on the wall now, which is uh, to, just to, really just to commemorate the, the, the building itself. Um, there is also the unveiling of a plaque of the first black footballer to play for Southampton, a man called Alf Charles. That was unveiled, uh, I believe, on the 22nd. I've done numerous talks for Brighton University, uh, I've done one for Unison, I've done another one for the fire service, for Surrey Police, so I've been very busy giving talks in and around black history, as have my colleagues. Um, I know Oliver Rowe, my, one of my colleagues, he was giving a, a couple of talks recently as well. So all this activity, the one thing I have noticed this yes. year is that there's been a lot of activity around Black History Month across the UK. Yes, it's great, yes. Yeah, you, it's on TV, you know, wherever you turn at the moment, Black History Month has suddenly taken some kind of relevance. And it's, it's great because all of a sudden it's not something that has to be, oh, it's Black History Month, oh, shall we do something? Um, and people getting a little bit edgy about it. It's suddenly become a celebration. It's suddenly That's become something right. people want to get involved with because it's fun. Yes. And, 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 and just off the back of what you've just said in terms of the width of which it has had, I can vouch for that. For example, Sky have uh, been running um, for the whole month different series and different programs and different types of ma magazines all related to Black History Month. Which leads me to an, another point that you have started to allude to, and that is in relation to some of the accolades that go out. You've already mentioned some of the few earlier, but from your perspective, some of the wider accolades across the UK, for instance. Oh, gosh. Now you're asking me. Um, I don't... I can't call to mind some of the wider accolades, um, but... What I would like to mention is the accolades that we've put out on a local, on a, on a local scale. Okay? Right. We have what's called our Black History Month South Awards. And this year, we gave them to um, a lady from Southampton called Keisha Edwards, who um, she's just done... Basically, the, we give the award every year to people who have, that we feel have put themselves out or given a lot to their community, right. to the um, black minority community, okay? And Keisha Edwards is one of the, one of the people. A lady, we also gave it to a lady in Basingstoke Stoke called um, Millicent Hilton. And you've been out, you've done a lot of talks right across uh, Black History Month, even as far up into Surrey, what I'm really interested to know, and I'm sure the listeners would be too, is how has it been embraced? Because it's one thing engaging, but it's another thing in terms of how it's embraced. Wow, that's, that's an interesting question, actually, Tap. Um, I have found 
especially, I mean, in this last couple of days, um, I did a, a, a talk for Hampshire Fire and Rescue, embraced hugely, absolutely. Wow. Um, I find, what I'm finding is Black History Month, at one time, people felt that it wasn't inclusive, and you found, I found a lot of white people would say to me, oh, it's not for us, you know? Right. I think with the advent of Black Lives Matters last year, yes. and the talk about allyship, what I'm seeing is people are starting to want to engage with it. They've suddenly decided, actually, this is, this is no, I need to be part of this. It's for all of us, it's right? It's for all of us. Yes. And I'm, I am seeing that. I'm seeing that it's being embraced. And it's heartwarming. It's, it re, it, I mean, the initiatives that I'm seeing, that people are just getting involved. And it's white, black, doesn't matter where anybody's coming from. That's right. I'm seeing such a wide range of people wishing to get involved with Black History Month. And the reason being is... You cannot, you cannot get rid of racism without allies. It requires all of us to get involved in this, yes, yes. especially in the in the environment that we live in, because we're living in a predominantly white community. So, if you want to deal head on with racism, right. you can't do it without allies. That's right. You have to have a majority of the white population on understanding and and actually dealing with it directly because we can't do it on our own that's right, you know, that's you, right. You, 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 uh, there are so many organizations where i am literally the only black face right you know i'm i'm hoping that i'm the vanguard that's yes. what i'm hoping yes but you need the people around you to sort of say yeah okay we've got lose here we need another five people with that same with, with the, the same kind of in fact, we don't even need another five people like me. You yeah. just need to be open. Yes. Your mind to be open. It's a mindset to, thing. Yes. Your mind to be open to whoever is coming through your door. Right. And not looking for somebody who just looks like you. Yes. That's, yes. that's, the, that's the answer. You know, Lou, I'm really pleased that um, you put it across the way you have put it in terms of the inclusiveness, in terms of it's for everyone. It relates to everyone. And in terms of allies, in, in terms of let's all participate and let's all make this positive. Mm. And this is inspiring to hear. So, which leads me to my next question uh, in terms of, it's not only about the month of October. This goes beyond and further on into the future. What next from your perspective in relation to your activities? What do you have over the horizon? Okay, so can't, as in what's coming up through this, for the, for the, through, through the next year or so? Yes, yes. Okay, so although Black History Month is in October, we like, I like to have different spikes through the year. The next thing we have coming up, which I'm hoping will be running through November and December, is we've got some funding to raise the awareness of prostate cancer in black men. Wow. Because the actual incidence, as a black man, you are six times more likely to develop prostate cancer than your white compadres. Right. Okay? That is high. That That's, is. It's really high. Yes. But the other thing is that black men present to their doctors really late on. Right. Therefore, the prognosis is far worse. So it's... If you present early and you get checked, 
then actually the prognosis is pretty much yes yeah, it's, it's, it, it it is curable say curable they can deal with it yes fairly fairly readily but if you present late and it's already entered into your system and it's spread across your body the prognosis is quite poor what we want to do we have the funding and what we want to do is start raising that awareness putting a campaign out to say look don't hesitate just go and get checked I think there is I, I think you've hit the nail on the head I think it's cultural I think because the digital exam is something that a lot of black men would think oh, I'm not doing that you know right. for me actually it can save your life that's right it's a very simple thing yes. and it can save your life and I think I think the younger generation they're not going to have a problem with it right I think that it's just at the moment the people who are in their 40s fit well 50s 60s and 70s it's cultural okay right. yes. come out of that time when it's it's just not something you do man we keep away from it's not that. macho it's not macho you know it's it's just just don't go there but it will save your life that's right and it's a tiny little thing and the the trouble is the if the pro, if you leave it too long and you leave it too late the treatment is so much worse yes. and the prognosis I mean, you could find yourself losing your life at, in your mid 60s it's the last thing anybody wants right you know yes. we, we we all want to live a, a long life 70s 80s 90s god willing but to be honest if it catches you it's it's bad news So in other words what you are saying is with the advancement of medicine and technology they are quicker and more friendlier ways to have prostate cancer checked that we should be taking advantage of yes that with that and the treatment is there the treatment is there <clears throat> prostate cancer is there are there are various types but if it's if if it's um one of the very progressive forms of uh, prostate cancer it it will kill you there is no getting away from it but yes. there are there the, the, most men uh, in general will develop prostate cancer but it's so slow growing yes. that you die with it yes yeah as it doesn't kill you yes. you're you might be 85 right. and, and, and and you die from something else that's right but there is a much more aggressive form which will actually attack your body yeah. and it is only getting a simple check the, the straightforward check is a ps it's called a psa check that is a blood test right it's a straightforward blood test okay. you just go to your doctor get a psa if your psa is high you go into further checks but most people can go for a blood test i mean especially now when we're all used to having vaccinations unless you're absolutely needle phobic <laughs> which for some That's people right. <laughs> they are yeah. but it's worth it it's just worth taking that time that you you raise a very 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 good point in terms of the psa is a blood test so it's very accessible yes so in other words the way i look at it is there is no excuse really um to to have these checks done and we should be at the fore uh so that we we don't suffer from this absolutely and the other thing that i find that there are i mean i had to educate my doctor going back this is going back a few years i went to see him i told him about that i wanted a psa and he said why ah right yeah and i said well you know the incidence of prostate cancer 
for people from West Africa and from the Caribbean is really high. Right. And he had no idea. And he didn't want to give me the test. Okay? Because of, obviously there's a cost attached. Right. Now, once I'd explained it to him, to be fair, I left. I didn't get the test. I got a letter uh, two or three days later saying, I apologize. Please come and see me. I've done my. I've done some. I've done some research. Come and see me straight away. We'll sort it out. Right. So there's. You know. You shouldn't. You should not be shy in in, in speaking about this. And if your doctor is resistant, well, give him the information and yes. be a bit more insistent because it can save your life. Okay. And a PSA test. Yes, of course. There's there's co there's a cost attached, but. In the grand scheme, in the grand of, scheme things. of things, it's it's a much lower cost than dealing with somebody who has developed cancer. Yes, yes, understood. Very, very insightful, Lou. An in initiative that's been brought through um, from people like Don John and um, a lady called Marie Costa um, and a ver various other people within the community in Southampton is a Black History Archive. Oh, right. Okay. And the Black History Archive, at the moment, is going to be a digital archive. It's being supported by Southampton University, Vivid Housing Association, Abbey Housing Association, John Hansard Gallery, the Southampton City Council. We've got a some lot big names behind yeah, it. Yeah, we've got some very big, big names. Oh, that's great. Because it must be also very gratifying to see people who have worked so hard in whichever field they've been working in to be the recipients of, of such awards. Yeah, I, it's, and I like, I, like giving, I, make, I like to make it a surprise if I can. It's my favorite part of the year. It's when we do it live, the hard part this year is that we've had to record. So um, we went to Millicent's home, uh, Millicent Hilton, we went to her home and we recorded giving her the award and we did the same with Ernkeundum Angerfor, Gideon Angerfor. Uh, and that was really good fun, but it doesn't really have the same feel right. as giving it out to the person live. And we managed to do that with Keisha. Keisha Edwards, she came along to our launch and where it was being filmed, um, we managed to be able to present it to her live. And that's, that's what it's all about, really. Yes. And yeah, and people deserve the recognition, you know, for the time that they put Absolutely. in, the effort they put in, which everyone does these things for their community. And they do it, they do it because they want to. Not because somebody's driving them, not because somebody's paying them, because they choose to. And I think giving recognition to people who, who are giving up their time just because they want to help others, I think that absolutely deserves a level of recognition. Fully agree, absolutely. Now moving on to a lighter note. <laughs> Surely in your free time, you, like most of us, enjoy music probably watch movies as well like most of us do what's your favorite movie my favorite movie oh that's a difficult one i have a few okay so let's go through them okay training day denzel washington that's out there right straight away yes um then we go to goodfellas all right yes. <laughs> because you know, i would love my gangster movies yes casino that's uh, and heat right. heat that is one hell of a film uh, it's one of the best heist films that you'll see. Yeah. And I, so, yeah, I mean, I, if, if I have to, my go-to films will always be sort of gangster movies and that kind of stuff. Um, 
I think I've, th those are the ones I go to definitely. But Training Day and um, American Gangster because I'm a Denzel Washington fan. Right. Like that. Yeah, yeah, he's just a great actor, and the films just keep you on the edge of your seat. That's right. So really yes. Cool. Yes. And he's got very good range, hasn't he? Oh, he has. Yes. Yeah, he really has. And what I like about him is he's one of these people who, when you see him in interview, he's very practical. And, and, right. and I think where he's been a star for such a long time, he doesn't hold back anymore. He's not scared about his position anymore. He's not, he's not climbing a greasy pole. He's at the top of the pole. Yeah. So he can actually speak freely. And I quite like that. And one of, so my favorite quote from Denzel Washington is, if you don't read the newspapers, you're uninformed. Yes. If you do read the newspapers, you're misinformed. Ah, right, yes. So that's, that's, that, that's definitely my favorite quote from Denzel Washington. And moving on to music. Yeah. I'm a big music fan and I'm curious to see what genre of music you're into and what your favorite song of all time is. Okay, so I, I, I was a professional musician, so I was a professional bass player for many, many years and still dabble in and out of the music industry. But I listen to a lot. I have a wide range of music I listen to. But if it, my go-to song, I think, that lifts my spirit Right. Every single time is Earth, Wind and Fire September. Wow. Because it's one of those tunes I can't get away from. It makes me smile, makes me want to dance. It just lifts me up. And it's, it never, it's, it's never stopped from the first time I heard it till now. I will always play that song. If, if I want to lift myself up, Earth, Wind and Fire September every single time. Because the intro is just, you oh, can't yeah. go wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong. September it is. <laughs> Lou. Thank you very much, and I'm sure this is not the last time we're going to have you on the show. It's really great that you have been our first guest on the show, and I look forward, and I'm sure the listeners also look forward to listening to you again um, at a later stage. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. It really has been a pleasure chatting to you, and thanks for inviting me onto the show. Thank you.
for the full edition of the show, music, brain teasers, go to Sahara Drums on YouTube or follow the URL link below. And here is a taster of the rest of the music played on the show. A quick medley. When you wine for me, the right place Me love how you work it Me love how you move in your body Of a straight pants, why own a Ferrari with nowhere to park it? Boy. Why shop a Louis V when there is a target? Now me hype on my face, it two minds me a save it. Them go fend if it's African woman, no bump up on time. She go say, She go say, I be lady. She go say, I be lady. She go say, I be lady. Ich hab's 